Welcome to Toxicology, brought to you by Recovery Unplugged, the place where we talk about all things substance abuse, recovery, and mental health, with guests offering varying perspectives and viewpoints. Hosts Joseph Gorordo and Jason Cabello share about their addiction and recovery and other serious subject matter through lighthearted yet candid conversation. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Toxicology, the latest and greatest podcast about mental health addiction and recovery in the known universe, in the entire internet, the matrix and beyond. Yeah, I've Oh, I didn't I didn't get that uh, memo. Man, it was all over the uh the Twitterverse the other yeah, day. Yeah, the yeah. National Enquirer yeah, front page. Sure. Neil deGrasse Tyson was posting about it. So it was, As he does yeah. often. He was just in town He's and a fan. You know, came over to the house, talked about the podcast. He has to be a guest and I was like, "Look, man, I'm get sorry." It. We got a we got a long waiting list. Yeah, no, he's too too fancy for us. <laughs> um. Anyway, my name is Joseph Gorordo, LCDC. I'm your host, and here's my co-host, Mr. Jason Cabello, with his fancy, fancy. Uh, reusable, portable tele- straw. Tele- what is it called? Telescopic straw. Telescopic straw. South by swag. <clears throat> yep. When you uh when you don't smoke, but you want smokers' lines anyway. Carry a straw everywhere. They make go. an air vape now. I'm gonna get one that it's just like you could I get I get Facebook ads for that yeah, all the time. You should get it. Nah. nah. I like nicotine okay. a lot. Yeah, you're okay. If you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Speaking of okay, how are you, Jason? I understand the last twenty four hours have been a little little stressful for you. Been a little stressful. Yes. Yeah, so. First off, before I get on that, because I know it's gonna I'm gonna go off on a tangent. Big shout out. Uh, friend of the show, Recovery Unplugged employee and alumni, Jeremy Benj. Benj. Eight years clean. Ocho. So, Jeremy, when I, fir- when I first got clean, ultimately, well, this, this time, knock on wood, just for today, all that good stuff, um, I would see him speak at NA meetings. He brought in some meetings into the house when I was at Recovery Unplugged, so, and like, yeah, he came in, he's all fucking jacked up and shit, and he talked, and just like the nicest guy in the world, so. So, funny thing about Jeremy, so I first met him via telephone, mm-hmm. right, because he works in Florida, and I work here, so right, we just right. talk on the phone a lot, and I built this mental image of Jeremy Bench in my head, where he had like long hair, was kind of skinny, country guy. Yeah. And then the first time I met him in person, shaved head, jacked, kind of hip-hop kind of style you know urban urban yeah, yeah, yeah. urban style and i was just like wow i was so yeah. fucking wrong but jeremy great guy heart of gold congratulations family eight years solid recovery dude keep it up still does the deal still does the deal still does it yeah that's good jeremy lives in florida jeremy does live in florida who else lives in florida my mom your mom friend of the show miss nancy Mraz lives in florida top fan of the show top fan yeah uh yeah, so yesterday, Florida's had some torrential downpour. Just absolutely mess. She And she lives in a low-lie area, um, not too far from, right in between the Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale Airport and, um, well, equal distance from Fort Lauderdale Airport and, um, what is the big port called? Port Everglades. Okay. Right in that area. Do you think these torrential rains are uh, the universe's retribution for Governor Ron DeSantis? Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're a retribution for something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Raining anyway, a lot. Um, yeah. So, low-lie area had had a lot of a lot of flooding in the past there, but recently they came in, they fixed all the drains and everything like that, and the whole neighborhood wasn't any match for Mother Nature. I get a text from her. She, she shows me a picture, and I'll, I'll send these in so we could show them on the screen. First picture she shows... And it's just like, I might need some help. And like ankle deep water. Ooh. Terrible. In the house. In the house. Does she have two stories? No. Single story? No, yeah. Single okay. story studio apartment. Ooh. Right in Fort Lauderdale. By 7 8 o'clock our time, she's like, it's up to my knees. So wow. I'm trying to figure stuff out how to get her out of there. Um, my sponsor John is down there, so you know I was talking to him, seeing what we could do in his car. He can't even drive because the neighborhoods are completely flooded. Yeah. So 
trying to get an Uber from an SUV, nothing. So I, um, you know, I go onto Facebook and I put out a post just saying like, hey, please, if you're in Florida, you have a big truck. Within a couple minutes, um, old friend of mine, Captain Matthew Sutherland just called me. He's like, I have a big truck. Um, I'm a couple of blocks from where you said your mom is. I can help. So, dude, fucking champ, man. Just like, I haven't talked to him in years either. Just, you know, one of those persons who slowly kind of turn into a Facebook friend. That's the only time we see each other connect. And just like, he's like, I'll do it, man. Like, And he went and got your mom? He went and got my mom. She had to swim two blocks did you see the, the last picture that I no, posted? I so her, I'll, let me just show you really quick. So she sends me a picture when we're trying to get right before I get in touch with him. So I'm in panic mode, yeah. you know, because there's only so much I could do from being here I in heard Texas. Like four feet of water at one point, right? Yeah, four feet of water. Where is, hold on. This is why you need to learn how to swim, folks. That's her refrigerator. Holy crap. Yeah. That's her refrigerator. For float. viewers at home. Yeah, well, well, I'll put it up on the screen. The fridge is on its side. It has floated, lifted, and tilted over. Yeah, four feet up. Wow. So she had to swim from her front door, like, as far as, as Matt could get to her, which was about a block and a half away. So she wow. swam. All of her clothes are soaked. She didn't have any clothes. All she had was her purse. And, you know, her neighbors had have dogs and kennels. In there and they don't think that it's just like just a shit show so it sounds like a good time for mama nancy to come visit sounds like a good time for her to get the fuck out of florida yeah. <laughs> we've been trying to we've so, been uh i just want to point something out though jason yeah. and i thought about this last night when i saw you post and you know a couple other people shared it and i shared it because i know people in florida yeah and i was like a couple things one is you as a man were able to get on facebook and ask for help you know, which is a vulnerable thing for a yeah. guy to yeah. ask for help. I thought about that right? too, yeah. Um, second thing is you you did say in that post, you said, somebody help my mom, money is no object. So yeah. you were in a position today that you could say something like that. Well, I I would always be in a position to say that, but <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I made it happen. <laughs> and, and you felt confident enough that you knew someone who held you in enough esteem or regard that they would, you that somebody would respond yeah. and help with your mom. And I and I just have to say he didn't want the money, but yeah. luckily through Zell now he doesn't need to, <laughs> to give me the okay to send him money. Yeah. So, but like, how wild is that? You know, from you know, broken down, deadbeat, not trustworthy, nobody wants to see you. Yeah, dope fiend to all these like really cool things you know yeah. that in just in one little facebook post you know yeah. uh how cool is your life it, 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 it made me feel good it's still i'm still kind of decompressing for yeah. it like and i told like <laughs> we we got it and thanks to love of my life gabby delgado you know as soon as we started getting things together because initially we were going to drive her from her house to her friend's house which is in sunrise florida about a 20 minute drive mm -hmm. but then you know, Matt's telling me he has a, he has a big ass truck, big ass wheels, and he, it, water's coming through the floorboard on there. So he's like, I don't know how far I could actually take her. So we found a hotel in the area that she could go to, and um, so yeah. So thanks thanks to Gabby for for helping out with that. But after it was all done, like then it hit me. I was just like, holy shit! And then you know, cause the one thing I said and. Gonna try to keep a stiff upper lip with this one. As my mom said, I'm scared and I don't know what to do, and that just put me like, yeah, you know, I had to do something, and I felt helpless, you know, but I did what You're I could. You're able to be there. Like, imagine if you were, I don't know, in in fucking Pittsburgh, right, in a cardboard box, and you know, as a as a you know person in recovery now, like afterwards, I was like, it was because it was about like nine thirty when we finally when he finally got her got her to a hotel. And then I was like, you know, I didn't eat the whole time. I was didn't even think yeah. of anything like that. So I'm like, Abby, I'm going to go to the store. And she's like, do you want me to go with you? I'm like, no, because I'm going to cry on the way to need the to store. Be and I just need to, yeah. you know, and it, it's cool to be able to. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. That's that. awesome. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. I'm glad she's okay. Nancy, you. glad you're okay. Thank you for reposting. Yeah. And thank you to everybody who reposted and who reached out. 
said that they w- wish there was something they could do and that they got her back and everything. And yeah. thanks to nobody for saying that they're sending uh, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah. So what is going on in your world? Anything new? Anything exciting? Oh, man, you know, uh, there's always a lot going on. You're a busy dude. Just because, I don't know, I think maybe busy is a coping mechanism for me. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you cope. <laughs> but um above had, and beyond i had a really cool experience um a couple weeks ago we had a baseball tournament which by the way was we had one day of seed play one day of tournament play going into tournament play we were the number one seed which was felt real good yeah real good but as soon as our second game was over i had to hop in my car and to, drive to Kerrville, Texas. To clarify, though, you don't play. I don't play. I coach. I coach a little league team with my my middle son, Jackson. It's like my favorite thing that I do. I thought um, you were going to say, that's my favorite kid. <laughs> no, 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 the, the coaching. But so I get to drive to Kerrville, Texas, because friend of the show, Larry Moe, invited me to come down to speak at an HA uh, fundraiser event. Elmo. Yeah, Elmo, exactly. Yeah, so... Uh, I uh, I got to drive down to Kerrville, and um, a couple cool things happened on this trip, right? So um, I recently was going through some books and getting rid of some old books and stuff, and I found one, a book of poetry written by an old friend of mine from Kerrville, a um, guy named Luis. And uh, Luis uh, passed away last year. And I found this book, and I sent a picture of it to another friend of mine that Luis used to sponsor. Like, hey, look at what I just found. I'm cleaning out my closet. I found this. And he said, don't throw it away. Bring it to me. Like, I'll I'll pay you to ship it. Like, I want that book. Because, you know, he was dealing with the loss of of his former sponsor. And so I got to drive down to Kerrville, go see my old friend, bring him this book. He was so happy. Um, He invited me into his home. He made me some coffee. I had to meet his new wife. So it it was a cool experience, you know, getting, you know, just... Kind of like what we were just talking about with you, right? Like getting to go somewhere and have someone be like, yes, come old friend, come to the house, see my house, meet my wife. Yeah, yeah. And I got to go speak at this HA uh, event, which I hadn't spoken at like a recovery meeting in a long time. You know, like told my story. And it was really good. And it was really fascinating to me afterwards. You know, whenever you tell your story, you spend a long time thinking about stuff you're going to say. And I had a two hour drive to get there. So I was thinking, oh, good shit like you know lines that i knew were (laughs) but of course i blank when i get up there from all the things i'd prepared and i just kind of spoke from the heart right and i realized afterwards i spoke very little about actually using drugs and that was not the case before you know in 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 previous times that i'd spoken you know earlier in my sobriety you know, I would find myself running out of time and being like, oh, my God, I got 10 minutes. Like, let's let's get Joseph sober. Right. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, it was just kind of cool realizing like, wow, like I had much more to share about recovery, personal growth, mental health, just all these things that that I've worked on through the years that like I didn't have to talk about like sticking needles in my arm that much. I didn't, right. I didn't feel the need to talk about being homeless I didn't feel the need to talk about all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Well, the longer you have in recovery, the more solution-based stuff yeah. you could speak on. If you're yeah. speaking with 90 days, yeah. most of your story is going to be yeah. <laughs> what you did to get where you are. And then, you know, the, the couple of things that you have put together and put into action. Yeah. So Definitely. And, and it was kind of cool because uh, one of the guys that was there, the guy that introduced me, was actually a, a guy that I sponsored. like. 13, 14 years ago um, that I had, you know, we like Facebook friends at this point don't really talk much. And he got to, you know, I don't know. It was cool hearing him say like that, you know, he still watches me from Facebook and is still an inspiration. I was like, oh, that's so fucking weird and contrary to my own personal viewpoint of myself. Right. Um, So it was just a really, really cool experience. And I actually shared something. I don't know if I ever talked to you about this on the show. I don't know if I talked... So I got to share about, you know, being 13, 14 years sober and, you know, I mean, recently, like within the last year and thinking about maybe I can drink, you know, we've talked about it. But I don't know if we talked about it on the show. Yeah. But yeah. But, you know, I got to share, you know, I shared about like, you know what, look, like six months ago, 
I was, you know, halfway convinced myself that I could drink like a normal person. And, you know, and I talked to other people in the program who I trust and got vulnerable with them and got some feedback and did some work and realized, oh, no, no, I can't. I can't drink like a normal person. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool because after, you know, I shared that and I wasn't sure if I should share that. Right. Because I want to seem super recovered because I've got almost 15 years. Um, but after sharing that, I had a couple different people come up to me and, and specifically thank me for sharing that part of my story, you know, and, and that's something that people, even though it's not a struggle every day, uh, to like not drink or not get high after, at a certain point in recovery. Right. Um, it doesn't mean you're cured. You're absolutely not cured. Yeah. And if, if you believe like I believe that I have this thing called addiction yes. or whatever you want to call it, yeah. all nomenclature, but it's, I think you and I have similar things. Yes. Um, people I know do not have that thing, but just got caught up in, in using drugs, maybe got physically addicted, got that out of the way, did some work on themselves and then have the luxury of saying, well, let me, let me try this. And then finding out my that wife. like, yeah, yeah. My, my partner, yeah, have a drink here and there, have, yeah. you know? And we'll open up a bottle of wine, not finish the glass of wine that, <laughs> that she pours, and it'll stay in the refrigerator for a yeah. few months. It, I mean, we, yeah. we, we probably have a bottle of wine that's been open in the fridge for like six months. Yeah. Me, I open a bottle of wine. I usually wouldn't have gone for a glass. No, <laughs> I mean, no. no, let's just drink it from the, the last time I had wine. Yeah. It was from a bottle. Yeah. There was no glass. I got time for that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I look at myself, I look at like, okay, well, I don't have much self-control around ice cream. <laughs> you know, Same. what the fuck no, makes sugar. you think I've got self-control around booze? Yes. Fucking sugar. Yeah. I, I, I got Gabby a nice little Easter basket. Um, you know, just to say, I appreciate you. I love you. Here's a little thing. And I got or like a little thing of Robin eggs, you know, the little malt balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like Whoppers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hard shell Whoppers. Yeah. I had one. I had one handful following that, another handful <laughs> following that, and then I'm like, oh, my tummy. So you had a chocolate, and the chocolate had a chocolate. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> then the chocolate used me. Yeah, absolutely. But luckily, there's not a bot uh, a bag of heroin on the on the bottom of every yeah. Yeah. bag of robin eggs. Yeah. But um, you know, I've seen people over the years who had double digit sobriety go back out, and for some of them, it was a short thing, and they got right back. And for some of them, it was the beginning of a series of years where they consistently could not put together more than I don't know six months or a year before relapsing again and um you know i'm glad that i have men in my life that i can share that stuff with you know and i remember when i shared with these guys it was three different guys um friend of the show john o my sponsor and uh, and another friend of mine who actually recently went through a relapse and after, not after how long he had close to 10 years eight that nine scares years. Shit yeah. out of, that scares me that's um, the stuff that that uh Definitely makes me stay vigilant yeah. in what I do because that's how. So if you have what you and I have and a lot of other people have, yeah. whatever you choose to call it, it's this thing that's going to tell you at some point, you've got this under control now. You're fine. You've done so much work on yourself. Um you know what to do, and it's that's that yeah. same thing that tells you to leave treatment yeah. early. You know what to do. Yeah. Let's uh, let let's get out. You need to get back into your life. Like I know what to do. I'll have one drink, and then put it away. And maybe if I'm tired, I could get a prescription of Adderall or something because I have ADHD, and you know that's what it's for. Yeah, and then let's take those prescribed. My, yeah, my ankle hurts. I could probably get a a prescription yeah. to uh, some sort of look. Opiate. In, in the past 15 years, I've had one free lapse. So to our guests at home, a free lapse is, is a casual recovery term, which basically means, you know, you, it was medically necessary for you to consume something that do, is mind altering. Which is, in, in most circles in, in the recovery world, okay. It's okay. Like, you, if, if you genuinely need it. Not supposed to be a martyr. If yeah. you are 
going through a surgery or something like that. I mean, I got a buddy who went through neck surgery without any pain meds, and he and then he needed a second one. He was like, I'm not doing that again. I went through bone grafts. Yeah. And that was terrible. But so I, uh, I got LASIK done. They give you a Valium ahead of time to kind of oh, mellow you out because it's very anxiety-inducing. And the first thing I said to the nurse after the procedure was, do I get any more Valium? <laughs> so, like, that that's a nice indication of who I am. Right. right. Um, but, you know, when I shared with these guys and got vulnerable with them, like, hey, like, look, seriously considering drinking, here's what my brain's telling me, here's what how I'm feeling. Not one of them was, like, a, you know, angry about it. You know, none of them were judgmental or like, oh, no, you're still an addict. And if you have one drink, you're going to fucking ruin. Nobody came at me like that. They all heard me. Um, you know, one of them said, look, Joseph, uh, I, of all the people I know, if any, you know, of all of, you know, if somebody can drink <laughs> like a normal person in my life, it's probably you. But I still don't think it's a good idea. And I was like, OK. And then another one said. He said, so what's your plan around drinking? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, so like, what's, what do you think is okay and not okay? Or like, you know, and I was like, oh, well, you know, I thought about it and I won't drink in Texas and I'll only drink on vacation and I'm not going to drink beer. It'll only be like a nice high dollar cocktail. You I know? won't drink in Texas. Yeah. I was like, I'm thinking, you know, I won't drink in front of my kids. I'm, you know, I'm picturing like, ah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on vacation. I'm in Vegas. I'm on the 30th floor of the Bellagio. I'll have a fucking... Uh, old fashioned in a class with a thing. <laughs> like this very Yeah, you uh, are bougie painting a picture of and, what a normal drinker looks like. <laughs> and, and he looks at me and he goes, Joseph, you know, normal people don't think that much about a glass of right? alcohol. And I was like, ah, oh, you're right, you son of a <laughs> You got me. He's like, how long have you been thinking about that? And I was like, ah, probably like two weeks. He was like, yeah, bro. Yeah. He's like, I don't think that's normal. But he didn't tell me what to do. Nobody told me what to do. They that's just important. heard me and gave me their opinions. And, you know, I sat on it for like another week. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> That, yeah, exactly. You don't have to plan a perfect scenario to have one drink and then put that drink yeah. down. And I remember back in the day, before I got sober, when I first got into heroin, I would come up with plans on how not to do heroin. And that is not normal either. I was like, wow, like, same, same thing, you know? Well, you, you've talked about your your one planned relapse on the, on the show before when you... Yeah. Uh, when you were working, were you working at a bank? Is that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And you had the whole relapse plan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spent like a month mm -hmm. on this on this relapse plan, getting the money. You took the money from the the AA basket, not so, took it directly yeah, from. But my mother was giving me two dollars a day, one for coffee at the meeting and one for the basket, and you know. I got the coffee. The baskets didn't get anything. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> You're the reason why there's not more yeah. meetings in Carville. No, that was in Laredo. Oh, okay, that even Laredo. even more so. Now, eventually, I did go steal the envelope from the collection from when Chris R., who's a pretty famous twelve-step speaker. You know, he speaks all over the world. Mm -hmm. When he went to Laredo to speak, which was like an event, people came from other cities to, to come. Oh, do, tell, was, do tell. It was a fat up. So okay, so. I don't think I've, this is about two weeks before I actually got sober this time. So this would have been the beginning of July, 2008. And um, Chris R is coming to Laredo to speak. And like I said, it's an event. People from McAllen, from Corpus, from all of South Texas drove to come to my little home group to hear Chris R speak. Now, I was almost late to this meeting because I was waiting for the dope man at the Wendy's two blocks down. So I show up right before the meeting starts and there's only one seat open and it is about a foot and a half away from the podium, dead center, front row. And Chris R, actually, he, uh, he only has one eye, so he's got an eye patch and he can get pretty fire and brimstone about the big book, you know, very passionate, you know, yelling a little bit, spit flying out of his oh, mouth. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And I'm sitting in the front row and he's going off and I've got dope in my pockets. <laughs> you know, and I'm just In your bloodstream? In my bloodstream. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I was strung out, so like I had to have something. Um I've got dope. I'm not like high high, but I'm okay. You're well. I'm well. I've got dope in my pocket 
And through the course of this meeting, I slowly start slumping lower and lower in my chair. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was a pretty clear indication that things need. But so anyway, that was on a Friday. The next day, I had the keys to the, to the meeting because I was a trusted member of the group. And uh, I went in. I stole the envelope. It was probably about $200. That's a good come up. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, it was great. Um, funny enough, when I went to treatment two weeks later, it was in Kerrville which uh, there's two big rehabs in Kerrville. Chris R. works at one of them, or he did at the time. And one of my questions to the intake guy was, is, is this the place where Chris works? Because I don't, I don't, I'm sure he'll remember me. Right. <laughs> in the front. Um, I did eventually go back and make amends to that group and, uh, you know, offered to pay back the money. And they did not want the money. Um, but I went ahead and dropped 100 in the collection basket anyway. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's good. So did you enjoy going to, to meetings when you were high? I kind of did. Yeah, me too. I kind of did. I liked the fellowship. People loved me. You know, they were loving, they thought I was sober, but you know, maybe they thought you were sober. A couple of people had some suspicions towards the end, but during that six month period of time, like, you know, I had a sponsor, I did speaker meetings, I did H and I's and like people definitely loved on me. I remember, so my sober day is July 21st. My birthday is June 23rd, my belly button birthday. So about a month before I actually got sober, uh, I went to the meeting on my birthday and they had bought a bunch of pizza to like celebrate me. And I remember kind of like I was crying. I think it was mostly guilt. Um, but yeah, I liked, I liked meetings. I liked yeah, I did too. socialization. It was, uh, you know. Yeah. And it's like, in, in my head, I was fooling a lot of people, but yeah. I probably wasn't. But yeah, it's because I had a commitment too at this um, this clubhouse down in Miami, yeah. the Coral Room. And I had an actual commitment there too, like making the coffee because they had a little like snack bar yeah. and then you would get the, the money there. And I, I had skimmed a few yeah. times, but you know, like 20 bucks here, yeah. 20 bucks there. Never made official amends to to that place, but I oh, definitely get on no. It's good because I'm I'm doing my steps right now, and I'm almost uh, well. I'm actually doing traditions now, but I will yeah. work that in because that is that is a good one. Because um, you know, it wasn't my fellowship, it wasn't anything like that, but it was a place that I went to and I was safe, and they were cool with me showing up. Sometimes probably reeking of some booze. Definitely yeah. gone there, yeah. nodding out, and then at one point I was there nodding out at a meeting, and the guy's like, "Hey, I'm gonna need to take that key from you." And like, I lost my <laughs> commitment. And I'm like, what are, you, "What are you talking about, man? I'm just tired." <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I loved my home group back then. I mean, I still do. I mean, I still keep in touch with some of those people, but um, it was uh, it was definitely an interesting time in my life. Like, very. What was weird is in that last run, those last six months, nobody other than me really, and the drug dealer, really knew that I was getting high, you know, and it was a very lonely experience, you know. Double life. Yeah, and externally everything was okay, right? You know, girlfriend, family thought I was sober, I had a job, you know, friends in recovery, speaker meetings, all, you know, whatever, plenty of people calling me, texting me, always having stuff to do. Going to school, doing great, but feeling completely isolated and alone because the only people who really knew who I was were me and the dope man. Um, yeah. Did, did I ever tell you the story about when I first went back to school and I was I was getting high? No. This was probably like 2014. Yeah, 2000, 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I had gone to treatment, got out of treatment, kept on kept on using Suboxone. So it was like that without that's what I was doing, and I was maintaining. So Suboxone is directed, or no, absolutely, oh, okay. <laughs> I was injecting. So you were you were abusing Suboxone? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, definitely, yeah. I was not trying to taper off. I was, you know, I I had I had found a way that I could get something off of it. Yeah, I you know. As 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 we do, <laughs> like I found I, I found a way. I was going back to school, keeping up appearances. Absolutely, I was going to meetings, stuff like that. Uh, I was I was dealing, but I had one 
pretty much one client. Like I could have everybody else. I was nickel and diming. I was yeah. middle manning for, yeah. but I had one client because I was getting the Suboxone strips for. I think three and a half dollars and was selling them to him for $20. Oh, wow. And he was buying like 30 to 50 at a time. Oh, my God. Yes. And it was like once a week, I would sell him those. I would get him oxys. I would get him all this stuff. I would pick it up. Um, A friend of mine who I believe now is in recovery, um, pretty famous graffiti writer named Chrome. He has been, um, it's no secret that he was was a dope man. He's done... uh, two at least two four-year bids for trafficking but he had a tattoo shop right down the street from where i was living and it was just like it it was it was a trap you know it was a trap house in the back tattoo shop in the front and he kept up appearances for a tattoo (laughs) shop for a while and then it just turned into a shooting gallery but anyway so i would go on i think it was usually mondays i would pick up my delivery go drop it off go to school so (laughs) That that was my thing, and you know I was doing okay. I was you know abusing Suboxone, but that was it. Yeah. So in, in my mind, pretty I, good I was, for you yeah. for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I get I'd have like the Suboxone, the usually I would say probably no less than 20, 20 oxys, 20, uh, 30 milligram oxys, and then one day the guy calls me and he's like. Jason, I can't make it. Um, we're going to have to make, you're going to have to come by like Thursday or Friday or something like that. So I'm like, eh, Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to hold this stuff for, for a few days. So in my head, I'm just like, okay, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So I have it in my pocket. I'm at school and I just hear it. Did you ever read the Telltale Heart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what was going on in my pocket. It, it was is like the, the beating the, of the hideous heart. The Telltale yeah. Dope in my pocket doom, was just like, and I was like, shit. So I had taken Suboxone, so I knew that I wouldn't get high if I did anything. So I was like, okay, okay, no big deal. Next day, I wake up. Forget to take my Suboxone in the morning, just in case. I want to see how I feel later. But I definitely have to bring this stuff to school with me, just in case the guy calls. Yeah. And I'm, like, sitting down with the plan of, if I could make it through the end of the day, maybe I'll try a half a pill. Within five minutes of that, I'm in the bathroom crushing up, like, six pills, and then just... And that was it. I love this vision of Jason, like, on a college campus with a backpack, going to class, and just, like, a shitload of dope in your pockets. Everybody, everybody in the class knew, too. Like, yeah. I, I was I was on a call one day, and uh, I was just, like, talking to this guy, and I'm just like, hey, man, yeah, I got, like, a 10-pack. I got this. I got that. No, like, this one guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, what you got right now? And I'm just like, oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then, like, and later, this girl's like, do you know where I could get Adderall? And I was like, here you go. It's <laughs> on the house. Yeah, good, old, good times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think we should address the uh, awkward elephant in the room. Yeah, our guest today has not, not shown up as no. of yet. Still got 20 minutes. So um, in, just in case, we will, uh, we don't need a guest. No, we're all right. We, we got each other. Extended, extended banter. Episode. So is there something new going on at Recovery Unplugged? Some sort of trauma therapy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. About? So we're this has actually been really, really fun. Um, we're getting ready to launch a small, intimate, six-bed, trauma-focused residential program. Where? Um, at um, the same location where we have our detox here in Austin, Texas. That's and huge. it's pretty cool because... You know, a lot, uh, the vast majority of individuals who struggle with substance abuse have some sort of trauma. Um, and, and very often we talk about big T trauma and little t trauma, right? So all, almost all addicts have little t trauma, you know, just because of the nature of being an addict. You know, you put yourself into situations that are dangerous, scary. You know, I've had a gun held to my head at least twice. Um, and amongst a bunch of other, you know, situations that, um, you know, we're, we're a little traumatizing. I wouldn't say huge trauma, right? But little T trauma. Now within that, there is, you know, a fairly sizable amount of clients who actually have, you know, what we refer to as big T trauma, you know, some significant trauma. Um, 
whether it be, uh, you know, acts of violence, sexual assault, um, you know, women who've done some kind of sex work in, in service of their addiction very often have some significant trauma. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some specialized care that you can do for folks who are dealing with substance use alongside that kind of trauma. So we're, we're, um, I'm pretty excited to, to be working on this project. That's rad. <laughs> that is, though, because, I mean, I know so many people, even starting from back when I was in treatment, that could have definitely benefited from that. Yeah. And now that um, and we outsourcing that, that, that clients would go to somebody else for a while to take care of that or they would. So you, so historically what we've done and what most treatment centers do is, you know, really not address the trauma during their initial care and then refer out to a private practice therapist. Um, but the challenge is, you know, trauma work is difficult. It's uncomfortable. So, you know, you've got 30, 45, 60 days sober. You're not in treatment anymore. You're in the free world where you have access to but now all you, your unhealthy And now you skills. decide to rip off that Band-Aid where you don't have that. And now you're doing... And so very often we'd see people kind of with this pattern of relapse where, you know, they understand recovery. They've worked the steps. They've gotten some relief, yet they still keep finding themselves back in treatment. And very often it's because they have trauma that hasn't been addressed. Or when they do begin to address the trauma, kind of that emotional challenge is so difficult that they just revert back to um, drinking and using to cope with what's being brought up from that. Right. Yeah. So, um, so this is an opportunity to give them, start them on that trauma work, get them a little bit of relief around that trauma while they're still in a safe, controlled environment um, with, you know, nurses and counselors and 24 hour techs and all that kind of stuff to be able to um, create a safe space for them. So it's pretty cool. Uh, it's very exciting. And we get to, you know, build the program from scratch. And you like doing that, don't you? I do. I like building stuff. Yeah. Legos. Uh, <laughs> treatment programs. <laughs> treatment centers. It's all, yeah. All the same thing. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool. Yes, it's pretty cool. So we're doing that and uh, got to, uh, you know, what's fun for me is having people that know more about stuff than I do around. So, you know, we got an LPC who's going to be kind of heading up that program and he knows a lot about trauma. So I'm getting to learn stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's a fun thing to do. Thank you, Recovery Unplugged, for letting me do that and for being the title sponsor of this show. Yeah, because that's all you need is more stuff on your plate. You are not busy enough as it is. Well, yeah. I'm trying to get some stuff off my plate. We're not going to do summer baseball. Okay. This year. So that's that's something. Well, they're still going to do it. You're just not going to be part of it, right? No, I don't think Jackson's going to do it either. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not going to? Okay. Yeah. That's good. And travel and do stuff. I'm gonna send him to the skate park. I'll, uh, I'll I'll take him out, skate with him. Harper's the one who has a skateboard. Okay. Jackson has never really shown interest in skating. Yeah. Harper's got a nice skateboard with a little Misfits uh, fiend on it. There you go. <laughs> Start him young. Yeah. Now, I think we went to the skate shop and he just picked that. <laughs> he didn't know anything. He was just like, it's a cool skull. You sure you didn't like steer like eh, you want a no. skateboard with no. a Misfits logo on it? Yeah. It was it was fun though getting to teach him like okay now we're gonna get the screwdriver and we're gonna oh we're gonna run it along the edge and now we're gonna get the blade and we're gonna cut off all the extra and I was like I still got you it still got it yeah <laughs> can't skate anymore but but I can put some grip tape on the deck that's all you need sometimes yeah. help him out would you uh, would you be supportive if you wanted to go full full into skating yeah pads no pads or would you say that's his choice. I like knee pads. If he's gonna do tricks and shit, I think knee pads. I'd say if I if I had a kid, I would say helmet. Just mm. you know, brain. Got yeah, that brain. <laughs> yeah, I personally, I I cannot wear pads when I skate though. Yeah, there there was one skate park that we would go to, uh, still around one of the oldest skate parks in the nation, Kona Skate Park, uh -huh. um, in North Central Florida, uh -huh. and they would make you wear full pads, and I just felt like a. Fucking like <laughs> RoboCop. I could not get comfortable. Um, let's talk about music. Let's. Yeah. What you been listening to lately? Lately, I've been really getting back into this band, The Lemon Twigs. 
Uh-huh. I think you showed me this band a while back. Yeah, very like 70s glam. Yes. Two-piece. They're actually coming to town soon. A little avant-garde. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But really, really good stuff. I love the Lemon Twigs. Anything new you've been listening to? What have I been listening to lately? I actually have gone on a deep dive into early 90s hip-hop lately. Been listening to some Farside. Farside's uh, great. Some Tribe called Quest. What's annoying, though, is a lot of those albums have been remastered, and I don't like the remaster. Sounds just so, when you hear something so many times, and if they just change the slightest thing, yeah. it, you know it. Yeah. You absolutely know it. Um, so, so I've been listening to a lot of the early 90s hip-hop, gotten out of the sad boy country phase, which I think coincided with the maybe wanting to drink phase as well. Oh, so. That's a good, yeah, that's a good pathology. <laughs> sad country leads to uh, some some bourbon or some whiskey. I guess so. I mean, they sing about it plenty. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um. Beyond that, no, but I am getting excited. ACL lineup should be dropping pretty soon. They typically drop kind of mid to late April. Right. So it's going to be that time. There's a lot of rumors flying around that the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs are going to be on the bill. That would be... Which, Yeah, Yeahs are one of my all-time greats. Did you watch Meet Me in the Bathroom yet? No. Oh, you have to it's watch It's like it. not available on like regular yeah, streaming. Yeah, it is. It's on gotta, Prime. Okay, when you first told me it was only available on weird streaming... It wasn't on streaming when I first told you. It was only in theaters when I, when but I first But then it was on like this really like art house streaming platform. Prime is out art house? No, before Prime. It was on something <laughs> was else. Was it? Okay. I, That's, I did I, research. Okay, I believe you. But, but I think it's on Prime yeah, now. I've seen it. But I, uh, if they perform, I am absolutely prepared to lose my shit at their performance because I have a very vivid memory of early in my addiction, maybe like year one, year two of being strung out on heroin was when the AAS dropped their first album. And I'd already been a fan. A fever to tell? Yes. I had already been a fan of some of the EPs that they dropped prior to that, mm-hmm. where they were a little, a little heavier, a little crazier, right? More sleazy. Yeah, yeah. Art star and uh, all that kind of stuff. And um, that album came out, and I remember I had to go to Easter with my family. And I didn't have any money for dope. And so I spent Easter dope sick with cousins, aunts, uncles, hunting eggs and whatever. And uh, I eventually ran away and hid with my disc man and just listened to that Fever to Tell album. That's a good reminder whenever you start thinking about, whenever you start thinking about that one perfect alcoholic scenario is... Being around a ton of people while dope sick, yeah, that is the absolute worst. Because, I mean, at one point, dope sickness would get me up and going. Dope mm-hmm. sickness would just light a fire under my ass. Like, yeah. I could make this feeling go away. I could do it. And then towards the end, it was just like I had no hustle for yeah. it. And just the slightest inkling of it when you would feel like your nose start to itch. You started sneezing. Ugh. You felt the chills coming on. It hurts my stomach. It's a bad feeling. Yeah. Let's never do that again. Deal. There we go. Healed. Cured. (laughs) (laughs) Magic. (laughs) Recovery magic. You know, there's this line in the big book where it talks about, like, the real alcoholic. And it says, like, you know, despite making vows and promises, or they say, despite taking solemn, solemn vows and promises, uh... And despite consequences, you know, like they really mean it when they say these things that they're going to stop drinking, but they still end up drinking again. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Um, And I think that's one of the things that the normies struggle to understand. It's like, oh, you're just a fucking liar. It's like, well, no. (laughs) When, When an alcoholic or addict says that they're ready to stop, they really do mean it. And we deal with it in treatment all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, a guy wants to come in begging, please, I'll do anything. I'm ready. And then three days later, they're like, you know, what do you mean there's no more coffee after five? I'm leaving. Yeah. 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 Had a client recently wanted to AMA over uh, a vape. Of course. Yeah. The uh, biggest thing in the world. Yeah, the client wanted one of those big mod vapes, which we don't allow. And, was going to AMA over a disposable vape. <laughs> Biggest problems in the world. Yeah. And it's like, wow. 
uh, it's a good reminder of just like, you know, when you're in the grips of addiction, just how like nothing else really matters and your brain will play tricks on you. Like this vape is the reason to leave treatment yeah, when I, really. So I, I was in treatment one time and <clears throat> it, the, the state run place that I was in yeah. a bunch of like, times. Like 30,000 times. Yeah. Like 20. Yeah. Round it, round it up to 30,000. And, uh, you know, I'm going through it, and I'm 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 doing I'm you know, perfect client. That was me, like you know, therapist pet, always doing everything. Like, hey guys, you guys want to get together and do maybe a little like book study or some step work yeah. together? That guy, and yeah. then like I'm like, okay, so you know, you could you could make a phone call at that place like on week three, yeah. and that's it, like one phone call. So I'm like, okay, week three. I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be great. I call my mom. I tell her about my plans. Like it's gonna be great. She was like, oh yeah, your tax return came. I was like, all right, mom, I'm gonna get back to this. I'll I'll talk to you. I'll be out in a week. I hang up the phone. I'm like, all right, guys, cool. And I get to my room and I just start packing my bags and just walk out. <laughs> Not even a thought in my head. It was just from like A to B. That's all I Tax needed to hear. Tax here. And I, took like, and I, I walked like two miles with all my shit in the garbage bag as I did quite often back then. Got on a bus and then I show up at my, my mom's and she's just like, are you fucking kidding you me? You got that check, yeah. and dance. Then I, and then I'm like, you know... Didn't have any vegetarian options in the in the, the cafeteria. All I was eating was hot dog buns and salad, and, <laughs> which was kind of true. But it was like that. Come on, whatever. Come on, an easy out. You know, I, I've often, you know, uh, I remember asking a tattoo artist one time, like, "What's their busiest time of year?" And he said, "Tax return season." Hmm? But I, I wonder if there's any correlation, like do if there's a data that shows a spike in relapse around tax return season. That's interesting. I should look into that. I'll, I'll check into the analytics of yeah. our, uh, yeah. with our alumni. <laughs> what, is there a spike in April? <laughs> I would imagine so. Yeah. All right. So we're getting near that time, Joseph. How, uh -huh. do, you, how do you want to... Uh, uh, I mean, let's. Do I think it. we've rapid fire questioned each other so many times. Do you want to rapid fire question ourselves? I'll let you start with that because I'm not even <laughs> sure how to unpack that. Like, just ask yourself a question and answer it. You know, we, <laughs> we talk about double lives all the time. Right. No. Um, come on. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you. I'll okay. Ask you. We'll, we'll do. It's rapid fire question time. It's rapid fire question time. All right, Jason, give me your top three uh, desert island records. B thousand by Guided by Voices. Okay. I got a Guided by Voices tattoo yesterday. Oh. A Guided by Voices inspired tattoo yesterday. That's so cute. Um, I can hear the heart beating as one by uh, Yolo Tango. Uh -huh. And then I would say um, Can't Hardly Wait by The Replacements. Oh, I thought you were going to say the soundtrack to Can't Hardly Wait. Which I think is, I think Can't Hardly Wait <laughs> is all. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> comparable. All right. Um, what is one food that there that you wish there was a really solid vegan equivalent that doesn't exist yet? Shredded chicken. Isn't I used to I used to love shredded chicken tacos. And there's just not a thing. Nah. Oh, good. I'm so sorry. Yeah. All right. Um, I probably already asked you the ice cream flavor. Okay, let's do. Torchies is doing a taco of the month in honor of Jason Cabello. What's the taco called, and what do you put in it? Vegan shredded chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just... Vegan shredded chicken. Um, fresh, fresh serrano peppers. Pickled jalapenos um, in a watery tomato sauce <laughs> on corn. On corn. Yeah. All right. What has been 
the single happiest moment of your recovery? I would say the first time my mom came to, got to come visit me out here in Austin and like see the little life that I had uh, put together. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. All right. Last one. Cheesy one. You've died. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You're at the pearly gates. There's a God, higher power, whatever. There's some sort of omniscient being there to receive you. What do you want that being to say to you? There's really good dope up here. <laughs> You're still so sick. You're still so sick, Jason. All right, you want to do me? Um, sure. Or are we just going to call it a day? Let's just call it a day. I'm still kind of a little frazzled from yesterday. Oh, man. Do you have, you, you obviously have something that you want to say. So let's see. Just answer, answer the questions back. Three Desert Island songs. Oh, no, that's not fun. Okay. No. All right. Well, that's lame. It's like a trivia masturbation. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's a category on Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, I'll take masturbation trivia for 200. Well, all right. So this was, I, I know I'm a little... Uh, <laughs> I was probably not the most fun co-host today, but like I said, I am still decompressing from a wild emotional roller coaster yesterday that Woo! has gotten better. And um, so if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening and uh, listen to me whine about my bullshit. I don't know. All right. Viewers at home, thank you so much for hanging with us on this unexpectedly guestless episode. We hope you enjoyed the batter and the chitter chatter and the weedy weedy wada wada. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a new one. I like that. It's that's, that's a Mexican thing. Um, stay tuned here. Next week we'll have a guest and it'll be fantastic and you'll love it and it's going to be the best guest ever. Um, in the meantime, don't forget to like, follow, share, comment, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh... I guess we got shut down. And as we like to say here, there's, there's a thousand, thousand ways in, in and a thousand, thousand ways out, out and no logo on the key. hope you find yours.